You may be seated. Require you can slip down. But just be seated and just bow your heads. You know, we're going to pray as your heads are bowed. Each of you uh, should have received a card or two or three cards when you came in the door. We're going to let the kids slip out to their ministry while we just pause so you children slip on over to, to your ministry place. You can do that now. But if you don't have a card and you didn't receive any and you came in, I'd like for you to pick up a card. They're on the altar here. Stack of them because I want every card prayed over. Every card. And I want you to turn in cards before you leave tonight because we're going to continue to pray for them. So while our heads are bowed now, this is what I feel the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart a few minutes ago. Chip and Joanna Gaines, some of you recognize that name. They're the group out of Waco, Texas, who have the program Fixer Upper. It's a popular program. And you can see their relationship, their relationship with God. But someone asked them, how did you come to faith and the statement was I came to faith through the ministry of Billy Graham Billy Graham preached a message and I realized that I was lost and I needed help And as a result of that, I came to faith and then got in a local church and began to commit myself to personal growth and to worship and to build up the kingdom of God. The most dangerous person as it relates to spiritual things is a person that may at one time had a passionate dedicated walk with Jesus I mean we might use the term on fire you knew without a shadow of a doubt that your sins had been forgiven and your heart was running over with the love of Jesus The most dangerous person is a person who might fit that description, who might be in this room tonight. And your relationship with Jesus has become casual. It's become routine. It's become a head knowledge, but it's been a while since your heart burned within you for that passion that you have in Jesus. And the reason for that is 
you've been pretty busy pretty busy with a lot of things some may be as it relates to success some of it may be dealing with success that didn't come to pass but you're here in this room tonight and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said before you pray for anybody I want you to deal with those who know in their heart of hearts that number one may not have ever really given God an opportunity to fully come in and forgive them of their sins and number two the person who had that passionate on fire relationship who today fits the Laodicean model you're lukewarm you need to once again oh but to do that you know what it takes it takes commitment it takes it takes effort for the priority of God and his church to be first it takes laying aside some other things that have become extremely comfortable and say God and you know why because right now you have more to lose more to lose than ever in your life and the only way you can see the power of God's peace and passion again is to recommit your life to Jesus rededicate that commitment rededicate to that passion relive that effective witness and let God touch you I'm speaking to some men in this room right now that hard-headedness and pride will get in your way and keep you from simply trusting in Jesus good people don't go to heaven but good and redeemed people do so I'm going to ask you straight up women men youth young adults I'm going to pray one prayer heads are bowed and I'm going to ask you if God is speaking to you and say that word is for you and you need to make a declaration of your faith I'm going to ask you without any fear or hesitation to just stand right where you are and when you stand I am going to pray over you and then you can be reseated but it's important you are obedient to the Holy Spirit so before I pray God is speaking to you man woman boy girl would you stand right where you are just you just you just God God bless you 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 over there God bless you back there anyone else anyone else there's a reason you're not standing and if you know in your heart of hearts and you're not standing right now you're in bigger trouble than what you believe this is a moment God's going to liberate you and going to anoint you with his anointing anybody else anybody else just stand up right where you are 
Okay, here we go. No one's lucky. Father, I ask you by the powerful name of Jesus that you redeem that which again you sacrificed for. God, I pray you will reach in and take a heart that belongs to you and reignite it with the power of your anointing. We know how we drift away from you. That's not a path that we don't recognize. It doesn't just happen. Something comes into our path, something that snares us, something that misguides us, something that causes us to to lose the passion and maybe become apathetic and angry. And God, we look and the enemy little by little drifts us out into the place where we no longer feel the presence of God. But God, our faith is not just feeling. Our faith is a fact of reality. I am redeemed because I say so. That's the word of God. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. And I stand on that word in Jesus' name. So would you forgive each of these who have taken the bold step to stand? And that, God, those who have failed to stand, let strong conviction, let something in their life happen that will cause them to know that you had them in your hand. Move them toward repentance. And, Lord, we ask you, by the power of your Spirit, let your anointing flow into each of these lives as we say, come into my heart again and, and give me the peace that passes understanding. In Jesus' name I ask. And everybody said, you may be seated. Amen. Put your hands together and let's just thank the Lord together. Thank you, Eddie. Living a Christian life is never a boring experience, is it? It's never boring because something is always changing and God gives us that key to everything that we need and have and is that key that we call faith, the power of faith. Faith is so important to God that is not only a faith that seals down our commitment to Jesus, but a faith that also reveals the mighty hand of God through the miraculous touch and the intervention of the supernatural. Many of you in this room know what it is to have that supernatural intervention. I looked over at Michael Young, who is the principal of Mulberry High School. Michael, raise your hand. I remember the time that God healed him many, many years ago of cancer that had moved into the brain tissue or brain area, and yet today, many years later, still healed by the power of Jesus Christ. The miracle of God came down. Is that correct? came down a total a total touch from god so we know that's a faith well you might say well god if you did it that time there are many other times can 
can you do it again? Here's what I believe. I believe God can do it again and again and again and again. And my faith is not going to put God on a timeline. My faith is not going to put God on a leash. My faith is not going to put God on a have to. My faith is going to put God in the position that he rules and he reigns and I trust him. Amen. It's my job to plant seeds, my job to believe, my desire and my ministry to say, Lord, whatever your will is and to believe in the midst of that God is moving and ministering to lives and in this room some of you will get a fresh revelation of the anointing of the Holy Spirit why because we have fasted and and we have prayed God says without the faith then it's impossible to please the Lord a faith which can't be seen I I don't understand a faith which is hoped for and that which is seen in our hearts and yet in our hearts we see it it becomes a reality my human will declares that i need to see before i believe i don't want to make a fool out of myself and and walk out on a limb but in reality you cannot live for god and have a passionate relationship unless you deny yourself put your pride in a bag and throw it in the fire of dismissal in behavior and say god i'm game for anything i want to get out of the boat I want to be the one that says, come on, and I want to keep my eyes on you. But my human desire says, I'd like to figure it out first. I'd like to walk by sight because it's inhuman and not natural to walk just in blindness. You trust in the tangible. I walk only in the path of the proven. That God has nothing to do with that. He says, if you want to see the power of the manifestation of the supernatural, which means beyond a natural ability or a natural competition, you've got to get out of the boat. It becomes a reality. God moves just in the nick of time, and only God in human hands need a miracle. Today, it's past Friday, I got a communication from someone, of someone who attended church here not going to church much anymore, but said there is an individual that is having open-heart surgery and having a valve replacement and, and the people I knew. And so I took time because they call and personally requested a prayer. And I, I went and offered a prayer and said, here's before surgery. And I prayed. I knew that this individual was full of fear and anxiety that was there. And I prayed, God, by your spirit, we've been fasting and praying. And I got to tell you, I really prayed, God, not I think so, not maybe so, but I prayed, God, your hand is going to be upon this woman. And when I prayed, I believed that God was exactly going to do that. And then I forgot it until today. Walking through the trauma unit of SICU, of the trauma intensive care unit, surgical intensive care unit. The doors that open, open, uh, they're automatic doors. And I looked down the hallway and there was the man, the individual who had communicated with me to come and pray. I walked by the door, but I was moving rather rapidly. I almost didn't see who it was and turned and stopped and turned around and went back and looked and sure enough, it was there. He motioned me, come on. Hi, Pastor. How are you doing? I need prayer. We need prayer. What's wrong? Well, the surgery went well, but the lungs on the lung machine are not strong enough, and no matter what they do, they can't get her off that machine, and 
She can't stay on there forever. She's in a coma. I said to him with confidence, and I heard what I said after I said it. Isn't that that the way it is for you? You hear what you say after you said it. There have been times I have preached. I didn't hear what I said when I said it. But people did and told me later. I took her foot, took her hand, and began to pray. I said to him, we'll take care of this right now. The enemy said to me, who do you think you are? I said, a person who serves the lowly Nazarene, who said, by my stripes we are healed, who said, pray for the sick and they will recover. That's who I am. That's who I think that I am. And I took her hand and simply began to pray. And to his amazement, her eyes opened wide. He was shocked and said that's the first time she's opened her eyes and come to. I continued to pray. Her eyes got larger, and you could feel the touch of God, and I prayed down that prayer. Now, here's what the enemy would say. Well, that was luck, and that was just happened, you know. You just happened by, and he just happened to be in the hallway, and, and those doors just happened to open. I'm here to tell you, when you believe God and you trust God, you don't look at things, well, that just happened. You look and say, God, there was a divine purpose and a divine reason. Come on, church, and put your hands together. That's the kind of God that we serve, that we serve, that we serve. How wonderful is that? And that will take place in this room. Here's a familiar portion of Scripture, Romans 8, 28. God delivers for our good. He heals for our good. He anoints for our good. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That's why that we had to get this little deal of those who may not be passionate in love. God may have a miracle for you, but you got to be in love with Jesus and let that happen. Paul offers to those reading an immediate statement of faith, and this is what he says, and we know, and we know. Don't you just love a person? You ask them a question, and they say, and you know they have the answer. Don't, don't that just just get under you. You know, what happened? And we know. Say that with me. And we know. Do you know what the challenge is in the church today? We don't know anymore. Well, you really mean not know? We don't know. You know why? We are not absolutely convinced that our God redeems and saved and still has the power to do anything that he chooses anytime. And we know we function out of that resolve. And as a relationship and as a result of that, you and I have chosen to practice and embrace the truth that God in all things work for our good. We know that. We know that. I know God is going to heal. I know God is going to give revelation in this room tonight. And he's not going to take all night to do it. He's ready. He's ready. It's like putting a train on the track. When you put a train on the track, that train has to run unless something happens to derail it on that track. And as you get in the vein of moving and living for God and trusting him, God puts you on the track of his plan and his love, and you stay on that track. And as you stay on that track, God begins to make sense out of your life. And things that you thought were just wasted begin to come a reality. And the track God has you and me on may take us to the valley of despair, may take us into the arena of question, may take us into the place where 
where our faith begins to wane a little bit, may take us to the place that there is disappointment. But I'm telling you, the end of the line, hallelujah, is that good old gospel train is going to wind up at the station at the heavenly Father's feet, and you and I are going to rejoice. It will take us through, and it cannot fail. Why? Because God, number one, prevents The enemy would like to derail you, fill you with apathy, bring coldness into your heart. God bless you, my friend. If what you had that you look back on was the live wire that God touched you and you haven't had that experience again, get in your closet and say, God, once again, fire me up. God prevents, here's what he said, Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He is my refuge and he is my fortress. When the enemy comes to derail, I'm on God's track. Number two, he protects. He protects me, Psalms 91. Thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but nothing will come near to you. Well, listen, Pastor, I got slept recently. What about that? It didn't kill you, did it? And if it killed you, what are you worried about if you're a faithful follower of Jesus Christ? Number three, he preserves. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, and all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and all those mouths have not kissed him. God, hallelujah, you Preserve me. You see, friend, when we walk in faith with God, we move mountains. It stays the hand of the evil. It makes crooked paths straight. It binds the hand of short supply because the Heavenly Father, the Heavenly Father, yes, and the Heavenly Father, and the Son of God at the right hand of the Father, looks down on us not as perfect beings, but as individuals that are flawed, individuals that misstep, individuals that have difficulty and have pain, but over the crown of our head, the blood has been applied. Amen? The blood has been applied. I will prevent the pest from devouring your crops, he talks in Malachi 3. Here's the second thing. I can be a part of the divine plan of God. God has called me, worked together, called according to his purpose. His purpose, isn't he? So if we believe God is preventing, protecting, and preserving us, why? Why? Everything has a distinct purpose. So I thought in preparation of this message, What have you done lately? What have I done lately that you believe in, that you're proud of? Something supernatural that you stuck it out. Something that God revealed in your heart and you spoke it out. Something that you claimed in the name of Jesus. And God brought it to pass. God, I'm glad I stuck with it. I can suggest to you those kinds of things and miracles of the miraculous are all around us, and that is the will of God. A faith that starts with love, not love that is shallow, not love that is 
required or demanded. It's a love that is passionate, and that love cannot be contained. That anointing cannot be contained by the boundaries of discouragement, pain, and apathy. It's a love that is beyond belief and understanding. And when love is evident, faith is not only automatic, but it becomes a cultural lifestyle that blossoms regardless of the environment of the circumstances. So what's your big need? What's your big material need? What's your big human need? What's your big spiritual need? Do you believe that God is able to meet and surpass your expectations in every one of those needs? I believe it by the grace of God. God declares, I have purpose for you. When I wake up every day, I have purpose for you. I've set you on track. He causes us to believe that it is all about our plans, and then out of nowhere, his divine plan kicks in and comes alive. And it's amazing how he does it because we are the object of the value of who he is because he values your very, very life. Joseph what a troubling situation he was in. The dreamer sold as a slave, believed to be dead, years in prison, falsely accused. And yet he says in Genesis 45, 7, but God sent me ahead of you, talking to his brothers, to preserve for you a remnant on earth to save your lives by great deliverance. So the question is, how do you know that God right now, right where you are, but what he is not developing a dynamic miracle in a situation that you are facing right now. Do you think there's any problem? Do you think there's any trouble? Do you think there's any discomfort that God did not know about? And do you believe that God has you on his track for the miracle? And do you believe that your faith is the catalyst that makes it happen because we are sustained by the power of God? Sustained by the power of God. What then shall we say in response? If God is for us, who can be against us? I know who that is. Who can be against us? You see, it's not like, okay, I know the devil is against us. That's not what it means. If God is for us, who can be against us? You know what he's saying? If you are so enthroned and enthralled and passionately in love with Jesus, you don't care who might be against you. You don't think about that. All you know is God is greater. Amen. All I know, he's my redeemer. All I know, he's my creator. It doesn't matter who might be against me. I'm not thinking about them. All I'm thinking about is one day he's going to reach down and touch me and my life is going to change and a miracle is going to take place for the glory and honor of God. You can win and enjoy that kind of spirituality as you walk forward and believe God because it is spiritual which notes an eternal value that we'll face. It's the opposition of doubt, fear, frustration, and demonic interference. But Paul says, that's nothing new. In Hebrews, he said, there were those that were flogged and jeered and chained and stoned and wandered, but they were sustained by the hand of God. On the cards in which you have in your hand, represents a challenge in someone's life.
It represents a broken home, a wayward child. It represents in your hand are many of the cards of students from Victory Christian Academy who reveal their heart, a family that is broken, a father that is an alcoholic, a mom that's got challenge, financial, no food in the house. And they have written those needs out, and some of them or on the card which you hold in your hand. And I'm going to ask you to believe with me that that which I cannot see will come to pass. I'm going to believe that for you, God has already promised and seeped something into your heart. So our worship team is going to come, and this is how this is going to progress tonight. As they come, I'm going to ask you to just take your cards and begin to pray. And they're going to lead us in worship. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If in your time of prayer, God speaks to you, and maybe you personally have a need, because tonight the table is clear. I don't care how many times you prayed. I don't care how many times you bleed for an issue. This is a brand new service, a brand new opportunity for you to bring back to God that thing that you need and you want to see come to pass. Or And on one of those cards, you say, I'm just going to go down and I'm going to stand be anointed with oil for the need that I don't even know that it will come to pass. So that's what we're going to do. It's just going to be you function by your faith. You function out of your obedience. You function out of your desire. You function to say, God, I'm coming tonight. I'm believing you. I'm trusting you. And you watch what he will do. As you are obedient, you will begin to see miracles. As we draw close to the Lord right now, we worship. You just continue to pray. Believe God for the cards. And if you need prayer and you want to come to be prayed for, you come right now. We're going to do that. Would you do that right now? anoint you with oil if you come and just bring yourself or bring your cards let's pray for you some of your leadership help us leadership help us you leadership wives help us please
You're welcome to come, friend. As God speaks to your heart. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Slip on down here, friend. Come on. Don't be afraid, friend. Just be led by the Spirit, okay? If you see somebody you need to stand in for, you come on down. We'll pray for you.
Be obedient to the Holy Spirit, friend. God's speaking to you. You got a card. Stand up and come on down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let the Lord speak to you, friend. Peace. 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 Peace.
talked to an individual in the last couple days who has a wayward child. Every parent wants their kid to be perfect. The problem is their parents are not. We can dedicate them and we can raise them in church. And they go through Sunday school classes and other processes and programs that that teach them but then sometimes the enemy sends the right influence or puts them in the right environment or the right position to question and when they begin to question they began to experiment. When you begin to experiment, you never win. Because the very power that keeps you from getting in trouble is absent. Because you've chosen to walk a different path. Parents, a lot of times, want to take the blame. What did I do wrong the way that I raised them? That's not the question. You did a lot of things right. 
That's the reason they're not in deeper trouble than they're in now. But if you have a child or a grandchild, that you're really struggling over and you're really concerned about. You really, really, really want to see them come back into the fold of dedication to God. I'm just going to ask you to step into the nearest aisle and I'm going to ask those altar workers and leadership just to go through the aisles and anoint these people with oil. If two or more agree together in the name of Jesus, your child is not where God is absent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. And he can. He doesn't have to find them. He already knows where they're at right now. So sing that song again. And for those who step in the aisle, you just tell the person praying for you the name of your baby. And we're going to call that baby by name in Jesus' name. So leadership, look out now. Stay busy. Get in the aisle. Stay in that aisle until you get prayed for. Would you do that? Sing with us, everybody.